Kurt wasn't going to make it down the aisle before the end of the song. Good morning. Hey, before you sit down, why don't you find somebody you haven't said hello to and say, good morning. Isn't it nice and cool in here? <laughs> I was worried too. Good morning. Is he here? 
decided to stay in or something. I talked to her last night. All right. Oh, my goodness. Well, once again, good morning. I'm so glad to have you all join us for worship today at Bueller MB. My name is Kurt. Uh, I'm the lead pastor here. I know what you're thinking. We didn't kick him out or anything after his announcement. He's on vacation. Uh, so um, uh, welcome here this morning. And uh, a few things I just want to talk about this morning. I'm trying to think. I was thinking, one little banter moment, I was thinking we should have a list of everybody that has a pool in church, <laughs> right? I mean, that's ministry. This is so stinking hot, you guys. Triple digits, so many days in a row, and then everybody with the pool is like, I won't, don't worry. But wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> hey, we're all meeting at the Smith's house. We're going to go swimming. Did you tell them? No. Okay. Anyway, uh, some stuff just to remind us. I'm trying to get better about connect cards. In front of you in the racks, there's these cards that say connect card. I'd love for you to fill that out if you have um, a prayer request or uh, want to just communicate with the office, anything like that, that'd be a great play, a way to get a hold of us and just let us know what's going on. You can drop them in the buckets on the way out. So don't forget about the connect cards throughout the service. Still mostly summer. For all of you students headed back to school soon, you still got a week or two. So good for you. Uh, but uh, we got, uh, you know, so not as much going on, but we do have the prayer gatherings back. I'm just going to keep saying it. We have a pretty small group that gathers on Wednesdays, but it's been a great time of praying together. I sure would want to encourage you, if you ever have a Wednesday at 7, that you're available. Come pray with us. It would be marvelous. Uh, Cindy is going to tell us about a couple of things, because that's just who she is. <laughs> I can okay. set you up, or you can take sure. over. No, I can do it. Okay. Okay, so we have worship night coming up this Saturday. And uh, for the first time, we're doing a theme, and the theme is surrender. And it's been funny, as I've shared with people, uh, having them choose songs or whatever, they're like, you know, that just keeps coming up now that you've said it. And that's been true for me, too. Um, I'm learning that surrender isn't just a letting go and being an inactive participant in the way that maybe would be easier. I don't know if that would be easy or not. Uh, but rather a surrendered participant in the way... Um, that God says, or that we say, God, I know you can do abundantly more than I can on my own, and so I want you to do that. So that's the theme of the night. We're going to have songs that have the theme of surrender. We're going to have people sharing their own story of surrender um, when they've chosen to surrender to God what is already his. And so we would love <laughs> you to join us this Saturday. Um, I'm going to read just a quick scripture well, it's not quick. It's from Psalm 107, uh, verses 6 through 9. And you hear, you uh, listen and hear for yourself the surrender and worship kind of thing that goes on. Um, it says, Then we cried out, Lord, help us, rescue us. And he did. He led us right into a place of safety and abundance, a suitable city to dwell in. So lift your hands and thank God for his marvelous kindness and for all his miracles of mercy for those he loves. How he satisfies the souls of thirsty ones and fills the hungry with all that is good. So um, we would love for you to join us Saturday, 7 o'clock. We're trying a Saturday. It just seemed proper to 
like lead us into Sunday. We normally do Sunday night, but we're going to try a Saturday and see what God does with that. Second announcement is uh, our church is planning a trip to a baseball game. So maybe a different kind of fellowship, but a good one uh, in the same. So that is August 19th. That's a Friday. It's the first week of school for Bueller schools, uh, but that Friday the kids don't have school. Uh, The game starts at 7.05. Tickets are $15. Thanks to Thomas Gray for the original idea. Um, The game is a Star Wars theme, so do with that what you want. Uh, (laughs) Is it really? It really is. Oh, totally. May the force be with you. (laughs) And it ends with fireworks. So we just thought it would be fun. If you want to uh, go sign your name on the sheet, back at the information desk, put your name and how many tickets you want. We're going to reserve some tickets this week, and then you can pay later. You don't need to pay today, but just write your name and how many tickets you want. Oh my gosh, so much fun. So first of all, the pastor's color commentating on the worship night. You have to, you're going to ask yourselves, oh, do I really want to go, go to church? Yeah, I can't answer that for you, but let me tell you, we want to be a church that worships well, Yes. Yes, and so this will be an inten- uh, intentional time for us to worship together. I want to encourage that. And this game just sounds fun. Uh, what are they? Do we know? Are they double A, triple A? Do we know which? So anyway, it should be good baseball. We'll hope it's a little cooler. So think about signing up for that. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that, sharing that. Um, so there's a couple of things on my mind, you know, that I'm so polished and all that, that I'm, you know, you're all impressed with that when I do this at the beginning, right? And I'm looking out at the crowd today, and I just got to tell you, there's a lot of things on my mind that I don't have permission to share. So I'm just going to look over here and say, I know that there are some announcements about some exciting things going on in some of our people's lives. I just don't have permission to share them all. So uh, um, you should, uh, you know, there's like new life coming and maybe some people joining their lives together, things like that, you know, but I don't have permission to share them all, but it's fun. And I'm seeing some people in the crowd that I haven't seen for years and it's cool and stuff. And anyway, I'm so glad you're all here. Now, some of you, I'm going to, the elders, or I'm going to see, are there any elders I should worry about? Oh, just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Off script. So, um, I don't know, I I didn't get a chance to talk to a ton of people last week. I don't know how Dustin's news settled with everyone. Uh, My encouragement is, I didn't have anybody going, ah, well, what are you going to do? You know, so I appreciate that a lot, because I'm doing enough of that myself. Right? So, here's the thing. Over the next days and weeks especially, we're going to be talking about what comes next for, for us as a church, for the in-between time so that Dustin can finish well and all that. We're going to talk about time frames and all that. If you have comments about that, I want you to feel free to talk to me or the elders, and I could point out who they are, but you know who they are. And if you have comments about what uh, this in-between time and what our next staff person looks like, I would welcome those conversations. Church, are we communicating? Okay, thank you. So uh, we want to wish Dustin and Amanda uh, just God's blessing and whatever comes next for them, and we want the same for us. And then the lights came on. What is that? Oh, sorry. All right. Uh, Let's see. I did want to mention that uh, we uh, laid Dorothy Gregory to rest well this week. Uh, For any of you that were part of the service, um, you know, uh, it's not really probably 
therapy time for the pastor on Sunday mornings. But since my mom died, I've done two other funerals. It's an interesting perspective. It sort of has made me, I want to say better to do funerals. Just sort of understanding now when someone close to you, uh, when things come together for a service and the things you're talking about are a little more real, having been through it myself not long ago. So um, I was, again, like I said with Floyd's just a week or two ago, I was pleased the way things came together and honored to be a part of that. So anyway, that's Dorothy. Uh, I don't think they're here because of what I'm going to say next, but the Eichstee's 50th anniversary, it's in the bulletin. Congratulations. Don't clap. They're not here, but you can if you want. But I mean, anyway, so we'll congratulate the Eichstee's for that. And remember, I just had this conversation with somebody. I said, uh, they were like, I know that your rule is only if it ends in a zero, but uh, if you have an occasion that you want us to acknowledge up here, don't hesitate to tell me and we will we'll work it out. Okay, church, good. All right. Here's who we are. This is our mission and vision. We strive desperately to be a church that God wants us to be, and we want to honor him by loving him first, loving others, and making disciples, right? Because we believe we can impact and transform our community through Christ. And uh, having been at the conference for our denomination a week ago, um, I'm more, I'm more excited about that than ever. What it looks like for us, we will continue to hammer out. But I'm wondering today if there's anybody who wants to share anything that God's up to in their lives uh, during this time that we call our sharing time. It's a technical term. So, boy. I'm headed back here to Willie. He happens to be an elder too. I don't know why I said that. I just felt like it. Yeah. Hey, a significant and wonderful change in our family. Uh, two weeks ago, Grandpa Nick was able to officiate the wedding of Jack and Monica Wigman Atkins. Atkins. And I'd like to introduce Jack and Monica Atkins. All right. So, okay. Next week, I'll share about um, some Gatter memories, and I will. I'll share. Okay. I love it. Okay, so that was one of those I wasn't sure I had permission for, so congratulations, guys. Nice to see you guys here. The others you guys still have to figure out. <laughs> Somebody else, what God's doing, what, how you've seen the mission and vision work out, or just how God's working in your life? Coming around. <laughs> I double-clutched. Lucerator, I'll say your name. You know, God works differently. We were expecting our kids to come home Friday evening, and they had a plan differently than intended. Um, but they had some car trouble <sighs> and created some issues for them. However, how did you see God work? Do you remember? Our mom, she had to go in to do something at a gas station. But if um, we wouldn't have done that, we would have been in the middle of the road, stalled out. And then once where you were, were there any places to stay, Jack? Yeah, there was a hotel right by. <laughs> so they had housing. Were you able to get a vehicle to come the rest of the way, Jude? Yes. 
They didn't think they'd be able to find oh, a rental my. car, but God provided something. Um, made it late at night, but I think through it all, you can see that God might not be plan A for us, but plan B allowed them to find housing. Still don't know in the car. They still have to get home and a lot of other things. But how God provides, even though we may not think he does at the time, he still works. Absolutely. Yep. So let me see if I can get the story straight. You guys are traveling. If you wouldn't have stopped wherever, the car might have broken down in the middle of nowhere. Is that sort of what you're saying? Car breaks down, but at least we're in a town. Oh, can we even get a room? Eh, we got a room. That was dog-friendly. That was dog-friendly? <laughs> yes, indeed. And then it's like, well, we got to get another vehicle to keep moving. And you... Okay. Folks, I love this. I love this. Some of you are thinking, well, my little story's not epic enough to share in church. This is absolutely because if... If these guys hadn't have said God was in the middle of this, they wouldn't have figured, you know, it's like, it, absolutely. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Yep. All right, I'm coming. Ken Siemens. Way back here. If you're online, sorry, just listen. I don't think we can get a camera back uh, here. I'm really thankful that God's guardian angels watched over Kimberly and Phil a week ago Wednesday, they went to Topeka to the camp where Teresa was working and they left their kids there on Tuesday night because Phil had a doctor's appointment and they were heading back to Topeka and on K61 and the first mile into McPherson County, some guy ran a stop sign, plowed in their car, van that they had just bought about a month ago and totaled it out and all of a sudden I get this call call from Kimberly at 11:45. uh dad you got to come and get us and all I had was a pickup and I knew that wasn't enough room so I called my brother and he went and picked him up but just how God spared over them because if it, it would have been another <clears throat> couple of feet he barely clipped the front end of the, of the vehicle but if it would have been back another three four feet he would have probably broadsided Kimberly in the driver's side mm -hmm. and it could have been a whole lot worse mm -hmm. so I'm just so thankful that God watches over us absolutely absolutely yep another great story just to See, for those of you, I know that there's a few of you that are still like, why do we do this again? This is how we encourage one another. We, we don't want to just make it lip service that, hey, we're a family and not really mean it. This is what family does. We share together. Wasn't it cool the way God worked out the details with these guys? Wasn't it cool the way, more than cool, the way God's protection was over, you know? So that's what we're doing, Okay. Deb Finkel. Yeah, I make sweet bok for funerals here. I've done it a couple times. <laughs> and uh, Just a couple. And, and I just want to thank God for being with me through that process and the action and reaction of the families that partake is such a blessing to me, and I thank God for that gift. Absolutely.
Now, if I could just get the families to realize the pastor needs a tithe on the Swebach before they leave, but I'm still working on that one. <laughs> Wait, what would he say? Money? No, I want Swebach. Bill. I got one more fun one. We've been, our kids are building a new house, and our, our house has gone from two to seven. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, indeed. Over the last few weeks. Nice. And when Bailey and they come up, it goes to nine or ten. <laughs> so it's been, it's been a lot of fun. And I had a friend of mine posted a picture on Facebook the other day, and I, it really kind of hit me, of a, of a set of shoes sitting right inside the back door of the house. And we've got that pile of shoes laying inside, inside the back door of our house. And it wasn't until then that I just kind of considered the blessing that it is that we get to spend time with our grandkids, with our kids. We've been empty nest for 10 years, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but uh, it's been a real blessing. I mean, the water bill, the, gas, the electric bill, the gas bill, <laughs> everything's doubled. <laughs> but that's okay. It's life. And we've been having a good time, and I, wanna, I, I just want to say what, is, what a blessing it is to get to spend the time with our kids and our grandkids like that. Absolutely. Our church, in some ways, a great example of generational faith. And to be able to have that influence not only with your kids but on their kids, absolutely. Marvelous. All right, I'm going to not look anymore because we got to go. But this is, I'm thrilled. This is what we want to do when we share together on these times. All right, church, you with me? Yeah, okay. Um, I want to ask one more uh, new friend of ours to come join me up on the stage here. This is Cody. How do you say your last name? Derosier. Oh, that's easy. DeRozier. The American way. DeRozier. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, Cody, uh, well, he can tell you about himself, but Cody, we first got to know through the Trek program, uh, and um, he has maintained a lot of connection with people in our church and whatever. So he's going to share like just a bullet now, and then I want you to stay for the second hour when you can uh, hear much more about the exciting things he's got planned for his future. And we're going to hear from our very own Aaron Heiselman as well, second hour. So those of you think I'm dissing her for this time, that's not true. She's going to talk second hour. And so come hear them both in the fellowship hall. Again, I don't tell any groups what to do, but I want to invite you all to come to that. Uh, otherwise, Cody, hello. Hello. Nice to see you, brother. Yeah, you too. There's a mic for you. Um, uh, yeah, just a little bullet, and then yeah. you can, yeah. Yeah, so uh, first off, just thank you, Bueller MB, for welcoming, welcoming me. Um, that just on your mission up there, I love because um, talking about glorifying Christ through loving God, loving others. And uh, I tell you what, every time that I've came here, I feel that exact same thing, is that there is something that's just really unique about you guys, that each conversation I have with a person, man, is just, you see the light of Jesus in your eyes. So I just want to honor and thank you for the way that you let him um, just come out of you. So thank you guys. Um, yeah, so it's been about a little over a year since been here. And I remember that was like when we came for that debrief, it was pretty much the tail end of our time together officially as Trek. And now I'm like, sweet, just got back from West Africa, graduated Tabor, I'm all done. What am I going to do? <laughs> what am I going to do with my life? You know, and so it was, and it was actually such a God thing that um, 
he brought me to back to Tabor College and started working there. And uh, so I'm finishing up my time there as an admissions counselor. Worked uh, not only as a student with some of uh, your with your students that go to Tabor, but new ones. You know, I remember Cooper Taylor. He just moved in, and so um, yeah. So he there's some awesome awesome, awesome folk of y'all that are sending your students to Tabor. So thank you. But yeah, back on to just what's um, more specific. So. After leaving Niger, there was just this heart for the Muslim culture that was on my heart, um, you know, and, and it wasn't just this, um, yeah, just a normal thing, you know, it was the first time I've ever experienced real culture, um, and man, it was just um, the mercy, the mercy of the Lord just working through my heart that grew a love for these people, and um, I was like, okay, God, so, you know, the Muslim, Muslim culture Let's head to where, wherever the mothership is of this thing. Let's, that's where, that's where I, I want to go. And so through prayer and discernment, um, God really just set out a specific area. And so I'll share more in specific of what that is during um, the second hour. Um, but I can tell you right now that it's in the region of the Gulf of Arabia, the Arabian Peninsula. So um, around in that Yemen, Saudi Arabia, Dubai. Well, I guess Dubai is a city, not a country. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, and what, how did I get connected out there? So in December, I think it was, we got recruited to come on a rock climbing trip. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but if you're like me, I did not know that there are places to climb rocks or mountains in, 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 in the Middle East. And so it was pretty, pretty incredible. And that was the first time I've actually ever rock climbed. I'm a Washington State boy. You think I would have done that before? I, Middle East, I guess, was the first time is where I really, really tried it out. So, and it's such a unique thing because obviously the gospel um, is a little hard, you know, f to break through and for the full freedom of that to um, reach people's lives. Obviously, there's persecution of Christians in that area. But the people who had the, these ideas to start this, they're like, you know what, that's not going to stop us um, from, from giving these people the love of our Father, the love of Christ. And so they created this new, like, ministry, rock climbing and intertwining Jesus so uniquely and so beautifully in it, saying, yeah, we're not going to give up. We're going to find different kind of avenues in order for people to encounter Jesus. And so that's a little bit of what I'll be doing, um, recruiting, you know, other Christians to come out and, you know, seeing what God is doing in the area. And how, how will I be doing that? What's going to lead me all the way up to there? Well, I'll be, you can see behind me, I'll be joining Multiply, and they have a program called Focus. So Trek is kind of, I don't want to say a step down or anything, but just a little shorter, you know, yeah. couple couple months training and then three months there in country. This will be still a few, a uh, couple months training. I'll be in Winnipeg, Canada in about um, September to November. So prayers during those times would be really awesome. Um, and then, yeah, just getting poured in, um, you know, really just focusing on that part is another reason why I love you guys' mission up there is that part of just loving God came first because if we have this vertical relationship set, then that horizontal one with loving others, that just comes naturally after we, we go and um, just be in fellowship with our Father. So, yeah, and then uh, after training, about mid-November, we'll be sent out and then... 
um, be there for about six months, and it's going to be a process. It's going to be an, an initial six months, a process of discernment afterwards, saying, God, is this the place, yeah, that we're going to call uh, a long-term, you know, servitude for you and your kingdom. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. Um, been learning Arabic for over a year now, oh, so there, uh, wow. we've heard that... Um, missionaries not sticking long-term is not list, uh, learning the language out there from that certain area. And so God put a love for learning that, you know, I, I'm a big believer, you know, um, or maybe not just a big believer, but um, just love the aspect and revelation of all tribes, nations, and tongues, um, praising our God, all saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And in the same way for, for me to, in another person's mother tongue, to glorify and preach Christ, man, that's where it hits people's hearts. And so um, that's a big reason, yeah, why I really fell in love with uh, this whole language journey, just for the sake of other people to come know their father. So I like to call them my foreshadowed brothers and sisters in Christ because that's what they are waiting to be reunited and connected with, uh, with their holy father. So. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Guys. So, yep. And we want to encourage him along the way. That's why he's here. We are a mission minded church. And so I want to encourage you. Don't leave. Oh, you're not. <laughs> um, to come hear his story. Are you going to tell us about Tabor a little bit and about your. Yeah. Oh, good. I want, cause yeah. I, I want yeah, yeah. to hear that story. Yeah. Yeah. So, so come to second hour and you can hear from Aaron and you can hear from Cody. In the meantime, I'm going to pray for Cody and uh, then we'll continue with our worship service. So let's pray. God, I, I'm so thankful for, uh, God, I'm thankful for the stories we heard tonight of how you work, of how uh, your presence is experienced in so many different ways. And God, I'm uh, just impressed with how you have come and shown yourself to Cody. And as he has an is answering your call to take the gospel to even uh, all sorts of places, and so many others that we know about, that we are a part of. So, God, I pray that you would bless Cody in his endeavors, that, God, you would go before him, that you would be with him as he continues to prepare. And, God, then as he embarks, we just pray everything around your presence and protection with him. So we look forward to hearing more from him and pray that you would bless him in this whole way. Uh, hey, everybody stand before I finish. Everybody stand. And, God, this morning we are here to worship together, so I pray that as we have gathered here to worship, the name of Jesus would clearly be honored and glorified. Bless our time together, we pray. Amen.
my side, the Savior he will save. I labor on in weakness and rejoicing, for in my need his power is displayed. To this I hold, my shepherd will defend me.
we'll have communion together. Let's pray. God, we are so mindful that our hope is only Jesus. Oh, that, that line sticks with me when I get discouraged, when, I, when I'm not sure what's going on, but the reminder that our hope is only in Jesus. We're so thankful for his presence with us here today, the presence of the Spirit of God in this place, and we pray that you would find real freedom as we worship through the Lord's Supper today. God, I, I thank you for the cup. I thank you for the bread for what it means, what it stands for, and what it meant for us to have a reconciled relationship with the God of the universe. Our hope is only Jesus. God, I pray you would bless us as we share together this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As you feel led, go. Jesus Christ, 
my king. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. The name of can't tell. <laughs> I love the months when I get to greet everybody. Overwhelmed. But this is what it's about as well, right? We're celebrating what God has done for us in Jesus, absolutely. But it's also a time when we share this supper that we come together as God's people and just share our lives together. I'm, I'm so glad to be able to do this with all of you. So we know the story on that fateful night Jesus had gathered his closest friends and he said, <laughs> this is huge, <laughs> uh, what's going to happen? And you're not going to get it right away. Okay, he didn't say all that, but we know that's part of the story, right? He said, there's a new covenant, there's a new deal. I'm going to make everything okay when you trust me. And so he took some bread and he said, this bread is my body. And I need you to be a part of me so much, I want you to take it, I want you to eat it, and I want, you to, I, want to, I want to be a part of you that much. And so, church, Bueller MB, this is the body of Christ. And then he said, this cup, this wine is, is my blood. It's, it's, it represents so much, and what I'm going to do for you And he said, I want you to remember to do this every time you can. Share me with the world. Church, this is the blood of Christ. Father, again, we come before you just in absolute humble gratitude for what you have done for us in Jesus. Our hope is only Jesus, and we will hold to that. God, remind us of that every day of our live, lives. Thank you for being present with us as we shared and worshiped. We love you, and we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So remember, so someone doesn't have to remind me at the end, right, Randy Roberts? We're going to throw these away when you walk out. There's a trash can. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Thanks, Beth. And worship team for uh, leading us in worship through that whole time. Um, okay, I hate to be distracting from a good, a good tack that we're on, whatever. But I realized something somewhere in the middle here, and I hadn't written it down anywhere for myself. Um, 
I don't want you to think that I am either uh, avoiding or, or dumb or, I don't know, uh, whatever. This past week, something kind of big happened in Kansas. I haven't forgotten about it. A lot of us are tempted to be discouraged. And, you know, we can be surprised and have our conversations about how we thought the vote would go and all that. Here's what I want to remind you, and you need to respond when I say this, okay? So I'm not even going to, uh, I'm going to set you up and say, look, whatever, God is on his throne. So I've seen some good stuff written this week to say it wasn't about no constitutional change or any legislation. We need to talk about changing hearts. And only God can do that. So uh, I'll admit, I was with you. It was like, wow, and I was a little discouraged. But if, lest we think that God's not still on his throne, uh, we've got another thing coming. So let's keep praying. We will, be, uh, we will represent following Jesus well and what we think that means in every area and every aspect. So we will, nothing changes. Nothing changes. Okay? All right. Hey, um, we are in the book of Acts. And uh, this, this series has, like I say has been really fun for me. It's, it's done stuff that I wasn't, wasn't even sure about. But remember, we're mostly um, really trying to remind ourselves what it means to live on mission. And so just a reminder, and some of you that don't worship with us regularly, <laughs> we've been in Acts for a long time. We're talking about the beginnings uh, of the church, the continuing of the Jesus movement. And uh, it's been a great look. I've been enjoying it a lot. Um, and at some point, I thought, you know, I, I don't know, they're, uh, again, different kinds of learners, the cognitive versus the feeling thing, maybe visual, audible, whatever, there's all sorts of us learners, trying to cover as many of us as we can, uh, but it, it hit me that some of us might like this sort of thing, I don't know uh, how it draws us closer to Jesus, perhaps, but it might be kind of a fun study, this is a map of the area, thank you, it won't be on the test. Um, and you can't see as good. I'm going to make it a little bit bigger in a second. But so you recognize, and look, I have this cool laser pointer. Oh, you can barely see it. But here's Judea and here's Jerusalem. I'm going to make it bigger in a minute. So uh, I'll do it right now, actually. So, but this is the whole region. So here's where we started, right? Jesus did uh, a lot of his ministry around Jerusalem and then actually out of the picture now, it'll be on the next one, up in Galilee. But when we talk about the plan for Acts, remember, you will be my witnesses where, church? In Jerusalem first. So here's Jerusalem. And then what were the next two? Judea and Samaria, right. And so these are sort of regions, you know, you might think counties, whatever. And uh, here's Judea, this whole area. Here's Samaria up there, right next to each other. Eudemia is another one that we, you know, uh, just because Luke said those two, we don't have to limit it to those two. It'd be like saying, well, you didn't mention Reno County. I guess we don't have to be a witness. No, 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 no. You know that it's right. And so uh, I wanted you to catch this. Because then the stories, and I'm going to try to remember some of the fun places that I wanted you to catch. So you see the regions from Jerusalem then, where to go? There we go. From Jerusalem then we heard a story when the church, after Stephen's stoning, were spread out all over. You know, they started to go places and up here into Samaria. And he went up, uh, uh, no, that's the second one. 
Uh, no, that's right. Uh, he went and started doing some ministry in Samaria. We don't know exactly what city, but maybe it was the Samarian city of Samaria. Maybe Sebaste. Anyway, maybe up here. And then we know that he had a story that uh, over here is Gaza. The Ethiopian guy was headed from Jerusalem to Gaza. Everybody with me? And so somewhere along there, he met him and they had their encounter. I saw one map that suggested maybe the encounter was... I don't know if you can see the laser pointer somewhere around there, maybe. And then when he disappeared, uh, Luke says, uh, Philip ended up in Azotos, so that's here. And then, uh, let me go next one. This is the top half of this. So now, here was Samaria down at the bottom. It was at the top a minute ago. Uh, Paul, or Saul, was trying to get people in trouble all the way up here in Damascus. See that in the upper right corner? And so, uh, from even off the map now, it was about 140 miles, as I remember, was where Damascus was, somewhere along the way. Jesus appeared to Paul, Saul, and had his whole conversion deal. And then we see, remember that switcheroo I talked about super briefly last week? We've got, hey, let's talk about Peter. Hey, let's talk about Paul. Hey, let's go back and talk about Peter. Hey, let's talk about Paul, and that sort of thing. So we talked about Peter really quickly yesterday. Yesterday last week and um, uh, oh I might have to go back because yeah I do so let me go back one and you can see here is Joppa and Lydda that's where those miracles happened oh and I should say after after Paul um, was in a couple of so like after Paul was up here <laughs> where the dot is sort of in Damascus there's some indications he went way over here into Arabia whatever uh, the Ethiopian Ethiopia, see the dot on the wood, would be somewhere even down here, below Egypt. Everybody with me? Everybody feel more spiritual? Okay, no, I, I apologize for that. I'm really not trying to be glib. I know that this can be an important, some important stuff. It's not, I'm not a cognitive guy, typically, but it's not a bad idea to see what the spread looked like, right? Yeah, and so then, uh, so just last week, here we were, Joppa and Lydda, and um, that's actually then, oh, then we have to go to the other one. That's why I couldn't get the map to play nicely. Today, we're going to see Caesarea. So Caesarea is a little bit farther up from, jo I have to go back and forth just for a sec. Poor computer. So here's, here's Joppa, and then Caesarea is somewhere up here on the wood. If I go back to there. Okay? Everybody with me? And that's the story we're at. Now, I pride myself. Um, I would tell you as, as largely a storyteller that uh, not just with kids, I like to tell stories to adults too. And generally speaking, I would say not too many people have it on me. What it, uh, you know, I can tell every Bible story. I have to admit, this is one that I was like, oh, I need, I need the Cliff's Notes and I need a refresher. So um, it's long. It's all of chapter 10 in Acts and even into chapter 11. So I'm not going to put the whole thing up. But if you have a Bible, you can open it on your lap. If you have an app, you should open it on your phone or your iPad. That's great. You can have it open. But I do want to tell the story today because people, this is an important story. It's, it's really close to actually being the most important story in Acts saved from the actual story of Jesus saving everyone who trusts in him, okay? So the gospel is the most important thing in Acts and how Jesus' movement went on. But this one's important, especially for all of us in this room, okay? So here's where the story starts. It starts with a guy named Cornelius. 
Cornelius, it turns out, was uh, a centurion. Uh, he was absolutely a Roman citizen. He was a Gentile. That means that he was basically considered a pagan to the Jews, right? Anybody who was not Jewish or halfway Jewish in Samaria or a proselyte who had chosen to be a Jew, this guy was not any of that. He was a Roman centurion. Oh, I think I have that on here. And a centurion, we could get lost in these weeds too if you wanted, but a centurion for us today means he was a, a, an important guy. He had authority. He probably had some means. He, he, uh, I understand centurions, maybe they, they led units of maybe 100 or more. So he had influence, he had means. And he, um, it turns out also, Luke tells us, was devout, God-fearing, he graciously gave to those in need, and he prayed regularly. So without explaining how, Luke says, hey, here's this guy named Cornelius in Caesarea that, uh, that apparently had, was a God uh, worshiper. Total Roman, total uh, non-Jew, nothing, no connection. And it turns out that he has a vision. He's praying around 3 o'clock that day, and he gets a visit from an angel. Don't want you to... Uh, uh, just a reminder about heavenly visits in, in both uh, largely the Old Testament, but some in the New too. Uh, if, if an angel visits, you might as well understand it's like you're talking to God. Because even in some of the accounts, uh, the writer of those passages will say, the angel said, and then the Lord said, and it's really confusing. But here's the thing, whatever else, don't get, don't get too excited about that, because uh, the thing to remember is this, whoever he saw had God's ear. He was doing exactly what God wanted. And he said, hey, um, uh, your... Oh, I got it on here. I thought I did. Here's what he says. He sees this. Cornelius gets all freaked out a little bit. And he says, what's going on? And here's what the angel says. Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. And so this vision is God's way of saying, hey, Cornelius, you got my attention because you're interested in loving me, worshiping me, following me. I wanted you to know I'm, I'm, I got that. And he says, hey, I want you to send for a guy named Peter. I want you to have him come here, and I want you to hear what he has to say because it's important. Okay? So off, uh, th that happens, and so he immediately grabs a couple of his trusted soldiers, or you know, a couple of people, well, what does it say? Uh... Two of his servants, a devout soldier, one of his attendants, he told them everything and sent them to Joppa. Not going to go back, but now you can remember where Joppa was on the map. So down the coast and off they go. The next day, our pal Peter, who I don't need to explain too much, remember, uh, for our purposes today especially, virtual leader of the Jerusalem Mother Church, right? So it turns out he's up uh, hanging out with another Simon. He was a Simon, uh, this guy. And he's up on the roof. He's also feeling kind of hungry, but doing his noon prayers. Uh, and he also then has a vision. Uh, I read some things that tried to make some distinctions between a vision and a trance and a dream. I'm like, oh my goodness, what? it's fine. Whatever, God just spoke to him, okay? And so Peter's hanging out. And wouldn't you know, this is crazy. This sheet filled with all sorts of animals, comes down. And now, here's the part we have to talk about today. 
Remember, in, G, in, in God's scheme of things, uh, when he chose the Israelites, he said, you need to be my holy people, set apart and distinct. And so he set up some rules that felt kind of weird to us today because of this story, right? And he said, look, there's some animals you can't eat, there's some you can. Some are pure, some are impure, some are clean, some are unclean. Don't have anything to do with those unclean ones, don't eat them. And, they, and there's hooves and do they chew the cud seven times? No, you know, whatever. There was all these rules and stuff. And devout Jews knew what they were. So uh, the idea is, in this vision, Peter sees all these animals in this big sheet and wouldn't you know, God's voice says, Peter, feel free to kill any of these animals and eat them. And Peter's like, whoa, whoa, time out. I'm looking at the sheet. There's stuff in there. No, Lord, I have never done that. I'm not going to do That's impure. And here's what the voice said to Peter. The voice spoke to him and said, don't call anything impure that God has made clean. Now, uh, I don't want to take a super much amount of time about the whole, uh, you know, what, what was the deal with impure and, um, uh, impure and pure things, except to say it was important to God to say, you are my distinct people. When we talk about being holy, that means set apart and distinct. And so he said, and you need to show this by doing what I tell you and don't eat these animals. There's some great studies, again, much more left brain cognitive stuff, so I only get part of it, you know, but to say why some of these, there's some good stuff about uh, these animals are healthier or they were, you know, okay, whatever, you know, I don't know. Uh, But uh, the point was uh, that you are my, I want everybody in the world to see that you are different from them. Are you with me, church? Okay, so that was Old Testament, first covenant, you know, the whole thing Moses brought down and all those rules, all that, and all those years, Jews followed them. So this obviously rattled Peter's cage pretty hard. It's like, God, come on, what are you saying? And he's got, uh, look, uh, like Jesus changed a lot of things, really, like, you know, even Sabbath stuff, and even if you, you know, you talk about not murdering somebody, and I'm going to tell you, don't even get mad at people to that, you know, he changed a lot of things, turned things, it's about your heart. God said, I'm doing that some more. So look, here is a sheet. It happened three times and God said, kill and eat. And Peter's like, dude, I'm, I'm not comfortable doing this. He says, hey, I'm telling you, it's okay. I'm God. I made this okay. And um, Jesus in Mark 7 in case you're wondering. In an account, he said, don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? It doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach and then out of the body. I don't want to exegete that whole passage, but you might remember that story. But then look at this comment that Mark puts in. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. Now, food is going to be sort of the peripheral issue today because what we're talking about is as much as food and animals and whatever, there was, you know, pure and impure, clean and impure, you know, common and, and unclean sort of, you know, sort of deal going on. It also applied to non-Jews. And so the Israelites had some pretty strong requirements to not even hang out with non-Jews. You guys remember this? Really, you weren't even supposed to go and eat with them. Don't really even have, don't be friends with them. You can do business and you can kind of hang out acquaintance-wise. But you need to be separate and apart. Uh, Again, I'm not trying to second guess what all God had in mind except for that distinct, these are my people. 
and you need to be set apart as my people. That's what was going on. So besides the critters that were in this sheet, and again, if you wanted to do some of your own looking into this, maybe there were a mix of creatures, clean and unclean. Maybe they were all unclean, which is why Peter was like, ah, you know, but whatever, there were, and so uh, the message isn't just about animals, but all of a sudden Peter's starting to grind on this, and we're going to see what the real part was, because by the end of the vision, uh, the Lord's voice says, hey, there are some guys here. They're from this clearly Gentile guy, and I want, you to, I want you to entertain them. So right when he's done having that vision, uh, he meets the guys that Cornelius had sent. Now remember, he wasn't really even supposed to invite them into his house. But so uh, while he looked reluctant to obey about the kill and eat part, he was like, no, I'm not going to do it. He did listen to the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit says, welcome these guys and talk to them. So way to go, Peter right? Invites them in. Here's their story. Turns out Cornelius had his vision. And so he says, okay, spend the night. We're going to go see your boss tomorrow. And so they head out and they're going to go to Caesarea to go to Cornelius's household. So then at Cornelius's house, and if you are trying to follow along some with the passage, we're at uh, verse 23 and 24 of chapter 10. So he goes and um, he immediately is like, well, here's what he says. You're well aware that it's against our law. He's talking to Cornelius and the whole household. Cornelius had gathered a, a little crowd. His family, his household. He had, again, a guy of means and authority and power. He had a, he had a household. I don't know how many, but he, it, wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just a few. You're well aware that it's against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. Okay. If you're sleeping, wake up. The bottom line here is what we want to catch today. <laughs> but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. That's the only reason I'm here, dude, is what Peter might be saying to Cornelius. And later on, uh, he starts to ask, so I'm here. What went on? Cornelius tells him all about his vision and his uh, how God revealed him. And so Peter goes on to say, ha, huh, bottom one. Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. Every nation who fears him and does what is right. So they have this encounter. Peter's starting to get it. Obviously, the spirit is working inside him. And so ultimately, Peter, as we've seen throughout Acts, whenever these guys have any opportunity, what does he do? He shares the gospel. And he says, okay, I know you probably heard some of this. It was a pretty big deal. Hadn't been that long ago. This guy named Jesus, who was crucified. I saw him alive again. I saw him ascend into heaven to be at the right hand of God. This guy's the real deal, God's guy. Shares the gospel with him. And I wanted to just, uh, a little bit of a longer passage. Here's what Peter says to Cornelius. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him, hung him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. 
He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him... Oh, I, I need to get more excited about this bottom one. This is it. This is the gospel. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. To this I hold. My hope is only... Yeah, Jesus. And Peter lays it out super plain. Super plain and tells him the gospel. And again, we need to catch this. A couple of things. We are witnesses. You know how much we've talked about this. Living on mission. Here was Peter representing well again to say, I've been called to do this in Jerusalem, in Judea, and all these other places in the ends of the earth. I'm going to be a witness. And he's doing it. And the witness is... Uh, that the gospel is for now for everyone. This is, this is epic, right? Now, I got to tell you, I wish I, I had answers to this, but I don't know that anybody does. Even, even while Peter's still talking, what happens? The Holy Spirit is poured out on Cornelius and his household. Uh, I've mentioned before, we don't have a formula for how the Holy Spirit is manifest. We leave that to God because he's God and we're not. So we've seen some ways when people were baptized and the Spirit didn't come. They had to have the second encounter. Sometimes when they're baptized. This is even before they were baptized, the Spirit is poured out. Um, here's, what, here's what the Word says. While he was still speaking, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished uh, that the gift of the Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. And they knew it because they were doing the language thing. They were talking and praising and whatever, so it was very clearly the Spirit had come on them. Uh, I wish I had a better answer except to what I keep saying in this book of Acts. Do we want the Spirit to be poured out on us? Absolutely. Do we know how that works and what it looks like? <laughs> nope. We will continue to seek that. Yes? Yeah. So this is marvelous. And again, now you're catching why this is such an important deal because these were not uh, uh, Jews or Samaritans or proselytes. These were absolute Gentiles. And the Spirit's been poured out on them. Peter, he's rolling with it. You got to love Peter. He's like, hey, why, why can't we just baptize everybody that the Spirit's already been poured out so they get baptized? And, uh, I, you know, I don't know if you want to know if they were sprinkled or dunked or whatever. Don't matter. <laughs> Probably dunked. I don't know. Maybe there was a big tub, Roman bathtub. I don't know. So they were, they were baptized. And then we have to get to the little bit of the end of the story just to keep it all together. Turns out the Jerusalem church does hear about this because headquarters, the mother church, they've got spies everywhere. No, no you know, obviously this was big news. And so while they're uh, hearing about this, Peter goes back to visit, and they're like, dude, what are you doing? You went and ate with some Gentiles. <laughs> Peter's like, let me tell you a story. So he repeats the whole account. That's what fills up part of, uh, it happened, you know, fills up part of this passage. He tells it again. I got visited, cheat, I was freaking out. But then God said, go with these guys, and here's what I learned, that God doesn't show favorites. He's for anybody who loves and trusts him. However you want to say that, right? We, okay. So he gets criticized and he explains. Oh, there it is. He, the visit and the visit, he explains all that. And then wouldn't you know, uh, they're all like, huh, well, that sounds good. I think we're glad. And so here's what the passage says. When they heard this, the guys from the home office, from headquarters, 
they had no further objections, and they praised God, saying, So then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Woo! This is epic. Well, I'm going to get to that in a minute. Oh, I just gave it away. Oh, well. Before we get to that, a couple of things real quick. It's a marvelous story. It's an important story. Um, uh, yeah, oh, I can get to it right now. We have to understand that this is epic because uh, throughout the history of God's chosen people, it was all about the Jews. Now, remember, I, I wanted to say this path has been really God-ordained. It was Jews first in Jerusalem, then, then the lost sheep of Israel, Samaritans, were also led in because Philip went and preached and they responded so well. And then we saw this sort of proselyte in the Ethiopian. Okay, we're getting... And finally we get to everybody. This is epic. Uh, it was just God's design. There's a new deal, a new covenant. We talk about in communion how this is a new covenant that Jesus set up, and it includes everybody that will trust Jesus. This is epic, and um, it's, all, it's all because of Jesus. Everything changed because Jesus went on the cross, blasted out of a, an empty tomb alive, and ascended to God's right hand. That's why all of this could be changed. He came to fulfill the law and the prophets, and this is what it looks like. And, and the other thing, real quick, uh, the other thing, you might wonder, well, why Peter and the Gentiles? This is a really good question if you know what's coming in Acts. Because all of a sudden, in just a couple of weeks, uh, and a few, uh, another chapter, we're going to not see Peter so much, and it's going to be all about Paul. And Paul was considered the apostle to the Gentiles. And he does that a lot. So, why Peter? What's, what does the pastor usually say? I don't know. <laughs> but here's what I think. It was important in those early days. Remember, we talked about how important it was as the movement was being established and planted. They needed the home office to represent well if this whole Gentile thing was really going to take hold. So, Paul's story is really cool. And he has a special conversion, and he was a Jew at heart, but it was important for the mothership, the first church, the guy that hung out with Jesus like this in Peter to be a part of this. Does that make sense? So Peter needed to you know, almost ratify this with the home church. Guys, I know this seems strange, but these, these guys are in, Peter might have said in, in Hebrew. Okay, so I think that's the most important thing, why Peter? But as we've been doing uh, in this series, uh, marvelous story, wonderful passage. I love this account. We do want to ask, well, what, what's this going on for us? First of all, we have to understand how epic this is because we're in. And there should be clapping and rejoicing and we should be doing the wave because we're in. Is anybody here named Goldstein or uh, whatever, Berg? No, I mean, maybe if you have a Jewish background, bless you and all that. If that was, I apologize if that was a little glib. I didn't mean for it to be but most of us aren't Jewish. We don't have a Hebrew background, and we wouldn't even be here without this account. We would still be sleeping in on a Sunday morning instead of worshiping together the God of the universe and his son, Jesus Christ. This is epic because we're in. Woo! Okay, I know, no one do that, it's fine. It's, a, it, it, it's, it's just like, wow. Um, we start to see what... what uh, we didn't really get it that somehow Abraham, all the way back to Abraham, all nations on earth would be blessed through him. This is how 
all the Israel stuff, separate, chosen, you know, chosen, separate, all the, you know, uh, happened. But it led to this point when Jesus said, I'm here for everybody. And, and that starts to be something else we need to understand for us. We, we really can't fathom God's heart of compassion for all people. Cody's starting to get that. Do we get it? Compassion for all people. Well, these guys are Muslims. We probably can't. <laughs> no! He want, it's God's will that none should be lost, right? And this is what it was about. God's compassion to say, I want relationship with all of my created humanity. And then, something for us to remember. What does it look like for us in our attitudes and treatment of different ethnicities and religious backgrounds? You know, the conference... Uh, all of a sudden in our USMB there are like all sorts of ethnic churches that are happening there was quite a contingent of Congolese Congolese churches guess what their skin is darker than mine guess what they have thick accents that I have trouble with guess what they love Jesus right so how are we treating people from different ethnicities and religious backgrounds? Let me make it a little more real. What about even somebody, have you ever heard somebody say they were a recovering Catholic? Oh wow, not even a chuckle, it's all good. Uh, here's the thing, Catholics too, they're Jesus followers everywhere, you know, every sort and every, so we want to be open to that so we can say our heart, God's heart for compassion to all people is also reflected in me as I follow Jesus. You with me, church? So a couple of things for us today. I think we can, we can revel in the fact that we're included. You should wake up every morning and, God, and say, God, I'm so glad you didn't just make it Jews to trust Jesus that I'm in because I love Jesus. So definitely revel in that. But what does it look like on your day-to-day -day when you come encounter other people? Well, I can't share with them because they might not be in. Of course, they, that's stupid, right? Anybody that trusts Jesus can be in. And my encouragement for us, if we want to really know what it means to live out our mission and vision in this community, is to take all this to heart and say, God has a heart of compassion for everybody I come in contact with. They don't look like me. They don't act like me. Some of them are even annoying and I have a hard time. But I want to represent Jesus well. God, thanks for this story. Thanks for, again, showing us what it means to live on mission. God, we are thankful that you came for all people, not just your Jewish first chosen people, but anybody who turns their lives over to Jesus can have a relationship with the God of the universe. I'm so thankful for that. God, I pray that you would continue to work in each heart, in all of us as individuals, in us as families, and then in us as a church, spiritual community. God, I pray you would work in us to know what it means to follow you well, to live on mission, and to realize your heart of compassion. God, help us see others through your eyes. We love you. God, this morning, I pray that you would bless uh, everyone that gives. I pray that you would bless our offering. I pray that you would bless our time during second hour, and I just pray that you be with us even as we leave this place. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, super quick. We're all getting used to uh, a little longer service deal with it. I'll work on it too. Um, trash can in the back. Your little plastic cups would love to find their final home in that trash can. 
There are buckets on the way out that uh, if you want to drop off a Connect card, I would love to hear from you, prayer requests or whatever. And then, uh, you know, we'll still probably try to start close to maybe a little bit after 11 in the fellowship hall if you're going to join us. I'd love for you to do that to hear from Aaron and Cody. Otherwise, I hope you have a great week. And uh, don't really bug the people at pools, but try to stay cool.